Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, everyone scream it. Scoop McFarlane. you first. Scoop McFarlane. Sammy. Magic M. McFarlane. And Gordo. McFarlane Energy. Oh, there you go. And Tristan Cassis. Okay, thank you. Uh, yes, he is yelling McFarlane. Everyone's yelling McFarlane. Thank you, McFarlane, for sponsoring the Bradford Show. And all that you do, all that you, you do to allow us to have this opportunity to air our grievances. This is the festivus of the baseball season, two weeks in. Airing of the grievances. Fellas, air away. Go ahead. I don't know where you want to start, but I don't know if you know this. The, when the highlight of the Red Sox-Tampa series, four games, is literally literally, literally Tristan Casas yelling after a walk, then you know you're in trouble. Am I wrong about that? Am I wrong? Yes. yes? Yeah, that was No, that was the highlight. That was, that was the best thing we saw. That was saw. the highlight. What was the highlight then? Uh, no, that was the highlight. Did you not see Rob Rev Snyder tearing it up? It's our okay. new shortstop. It's true. We had a lead. All right. All right. put, that, put that guy short. Every every issue that we've ever had is great. All those conversations that we had in the offseason with Heim, he wasn't being facetious at all. Uh, he's got everything under control. Great roster construction. All right. I, I feel like of the vitriol of the, of the three of you, Coop is ready to burst more than anybody. No, I think Heim's doing a great job. I wasn't ridiculed for saying that maybe he should be let go after the Xander Bogarts thing because he he really gets the whole roster building for a championship and to be competitive at the big league level. Like, come on, it's overrated. It's time to win some single A World Series, some double A World Series. We saw what Portland did last year. They got to the playoffs. We saw our friend Alex Benellis get so far, got to party in those weird showers with the rest of the Sea Dogs. That's what you want to see for this Red Sox team. They're Portland team. That's what you want to see. So I'm 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 ecstatic with how the season's going. I'm sure HVT is having a ball. Um, so it's just it's all it's peaches and sunshines here in Boston. Gearing up for the marathon Monday weekend. Can't wait to see all those 2013 fellows be trotted out and you know be reminded of what a World Series series was because the new World Series is like I said, single A, double A, heck, maybe even triple A. Maybe Worcester can pull something off because that's that's the new age red well, when, so when I, don't, you see, I don't know where you boys are. When you see when you see the hair flop in front of Coop's eyes, you know he's riled up. It's a hot day. I'm out of pomade. It's gross. Okay. We're it's a week. It's a week right now. Okay. So you bring up something. I just thought of this. 
to the to the crowd, to the crew. 2013 crew's coming in, right? They're coming in. They're going to be honored, I think, on Sunday, which is before Monday. The science suggests that. And so does the, could this 2013 team that is rolling out there, if you did an inter-squad scrimmage, could they beat the current Red Sox team? Yes or no? No. Can I ask a follow-up? No, no. Today? Or yeah, back right in- now. No. Right now, no. Here, no. I, I think it would I think it would be competitive. <laughs> but All I right. think I'd pick the current team. <laughs> God, Can we that's put Bobby at, sh- at shortstop? If, if Bobby Dahlbeck is at shortstop, no, but then Devers has to be in the lineup. If Devers Real is point. out of the lineup, they have a shot. That we was have the to start rate. our injured players because if David Ortiz is going out there with no legs, I, we might as well put Trevor Story out there with one arm. The, by the way, to go back to what uh, Gordo just said, Bobby Dahlbeck at shortstop for me was the sick highlight of the series because if you and I've said this, if you did not find him making an error on the very first ball that was hit to him, if you did not find second that entertaining, ball. second, second, second fact check, okay, second ball, first ball balls hit to him. If you didn't find that poetic, you don't appreciate baseball. That was comedy gold. The best part was that he made the first play. So you were kind of like, oh, we can do this. We, I yelled. I was Bobby's like, he's got oh this. God, <laughs> you, you shot something right into the chat right away. Like We were all kind of pumped up until the next ball. They were yeah, both comedy. He made a play. Seeing him make the first play was, was almost as funny as, as seeing him miss the second one. Okay, so let's go around the room here. So the Coop is has uh, established that there's a lot of vitriol, like a lot of facetious. I'm vitriol. positive. What? No, I know facetious vitriol. This kid's 2023 okay. Red Sox colon. We dominate the facetious vitriol. Put it on the bumper sticker. So I want to. We, we we are now sitting with this team at five and eight. Correct, five and eight. Yeah. All right. So, but it, here's the thing, fellas. It feels a lot. Five and eight is five and eight. It's you know it is what it is. I mean, there's it's not the worst record in the world, and you can say you're eight back. But you know, you know, there's a little thing called the wild card, whatever. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about all the feels, how this feels, and this does not feel good because of what is residing around the corner. And and I'll just start here. My biggest thing is that same feeling that you had a lot of times last year, where. You, you might go on a good run, but you know that you just aren't as talented. You aren't as good a team as you're going to play. So, yeah, you play Detroit, you're better than them, sure. But then you go up against, and this is how it felt every time they played Toronto, which was, I think they ended up at what, 17-3? Uh, and 17-3 or 3-17? and 17. Every single time you go up against a team like that, you feel like you do not have the ammunition to compete. That's how it felt against Tampa. And that's, guys, that's probably going to how it feels against the Angels as well. Tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me your thoughts. Just tell me something. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And that's, that's honestly where the frustration builds is you see some of these mediocre teams across baseball have some of these fire-in-a-bottle series. Like, what, didn't Detroit take two out of three from Houston in, in early in the season? Like, some of, these, some of these mediocre teams are able to pull – wins out of their ass against these good teams. And for whatever reason, particularly within the division, when the Red Sox face superior competition, like every single time you can tell they're facing superior competition. So, so is that where we're at, Sammy? I mean, is, is that where we're at where it's just the matter of the fact 
is is we come into this year and we say, well, if everything broke perfectly, super. But we also know anytime that a team does that, suggests that the 2015 rotation, hey, five aces. Yeah, if everything broke perfectly, sure, you have five aces. Well, you don't have five aces. If everything broke perfectly, you would actually have a 500 record now, and you don't. So as you sit here, Sammy, how do you feel like what's your what's your feeling about it? What's your deep down rooted feeling about this team? I really hate to say this, but it's the truth. I don't really feel anything. This is kind of what I expected. I didn't think this team would be very good. I'm kind of mad at myself for saying they'd win 84 games, but I got to stick with it. I know we're only uh, 12, 13, however many games in. But my question, to answer your question with a question, which is always great radio, what did you expect? I didn't expect anything more than this. I thought they'd beat the teams like the Tigers, like you said. I thought they'd struggle against the divisional teams. I hope they at least beat the Yankees, but man, I didn't expect much. This is a year for development. I want to see Casas succeed. That's a tough thing to say. I want Yoshida to do well. I'd like to see a Verdugo extension. Bayo, Whitlock. I want to see Sale come back. There's individual things to look forward to, but I'm not as much concerned with the win-losses. And that sucks because I want to be concerned with the wins and losses. But the fact of the matter is, all you got to do is watch a few games to know that this is not an elite team. And even if they do sneak into the playoffs, which seems unlikely already, what do you think is going to happen to them? I don't think it's going to be pretty. So I'm looking out for individual performances. I wish I wasn't. I wish I cared more about the wins and losses, but that's where I'm at. Cool. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I, I think Sammy hit the nail on the head there. It's you weren't expecting I, it, it. Like if you listen to the who says no's leading up into opening day, there was a point where we were all kind of riding high on what we saw so far. And what we saw so far was really just a spring training performance where you had half the guys that you now see out there, which those guys aren't even all there now. And then everyone else was off at like the WBC. You had broken teams. The teams that you were playing often had broken teams as well. So it wasn't an accurate barometer of what to get. And now seeing what we're seeing, I'm back to where I was at winter weekend where I was I think collectively all all Red Sox fans were just kind of like, all right, this team's not competing. Maybe they can have some fun. We're seeing these young guys up on stage here. Those guys could be interesting to look at. But ultimately, it's not a playoff team. Heimblum couldn't build a playoff team this year with what he wants. Even if he had a tr- healthy Trevor Story, even if he had a healthy Adam Duvall, which you know, last week, earlier this week, we were talking about production that he has and how he was inevitably going to level off to a guy where you can get by in the outfield with him a little bit, but James Paxton still not back. I'm not optimistic about him. There was a point where I was optimistic that, Hey, maybe things could work out the way things that are now going. I'm more of a realist and it's likely James Paxton isn't going to throw 20 games this year. So some big league help from him. It, it just, it all boils down to Heim's, preparation the roster construction it, it like you put way to too many it, because it, I no mean, it's not all in like that's the thing is like i understand that like the xander bogarts like inevitably yeah, all comes back to that. xander bogarts mookie bets those are ownership decisions i well, think we can all admit that who's who's the ace this year we're relying on chris sale to be the ace why is he here not well, buddy Bayo is gonna be the ace i can tell you that much 
but that's so. a developing young talent that is now your ace. Like that's that's not a team. You know, I think, I think you guys team. are focusing on the wrong thing here. I mean, because it, is I, there a wrong thing? I think there's just so many issues. No, but that's the problem. Is that, is, is that like you say, like Bayo is part of this, <laughs> like the fist pump. Um, yeah. oh. No, I, I think that like you, some of the guys that you mentioned, like Paxton and Bay, like okay, great. I mean, they could they could rattle off the best of the best. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about how thin. But that's that. That is what we're talking about. No, we're talking but what, about what we like, what we are talking about, and I think that you said it at the outset. You're just banking on injured guys to come in and fill the role. That's what Heim did. Like you, I, you, like, I, I understand. Well, the, what's okay? Let me ask you this: What is more damaging to this team, banking on injured guys to come in and fill the role, like you mentioned, like Paxton, whoever, or banking on guys to over perform? overperform um, and be guys taking it to the next level, which is another dangerous thing, by the way, fellas. It's another dangerous thing, way, a way to build a team. I saw it when it, Ortiz left, and they said, oh, you know what? Everyone's going to get better. Everyone's going to take a step up. We'd be able to fill the gap that Ortiz left. Well, it doesn't work that way. Sometimes you just have to pay for the guys that you know are going to be the anchors. And the problem is they don't have a lot of anchors. They just don't. They're getting very fortunate that Alex Verdugo is having a great year. Okay, number one. Number two, Rafael Devers. One and two, great. Then go look at three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, or whatever. I mean, it is, yeah, you have, I don't know if the number five spot got a hit today. Can anyone tell me that? Did the number five spot get a hit? I don't, I, so, don't five, I don't think you got it. In the first three games of the Tampa series, the number five spot, which was obviously inhabited by Adam Duvall before, the number five spot didn't get a hit. That's a problem. And, by the way, the two spots in front of them, Justin Turner and Masa Yoshida, were not the guys that they are banking on. Will they become? I, I don't know if they're going to become that guys. But the problem is that why they aren't those guys, why Tristan Casas isn't the guy that everyone thought he might be coming out of spring training, why he's trying to figure it out, you don't have the anchors. You don't have the guy that can carry the team. You, you don't. And, and they were. It? there's too many guys who are playing to a level which is uncomfortably the reality of their existence. Again, talking put that to Heim box. this offseason, did you have a feeling that he was confident in this team? Who? Talking to Heim this offseason, did you have a feeling that he was confident in this team? I, I always said that I felt like that I what drives me nuts about the way that he approaches things is how you're it, it comes back to the diamond in the rough thing. I always say you pay for certain, you pay for certain, you pay for certainty. And now they did that somewhat in the bullpen, right? That was a play one place you did it. And Kenley Jansen, good, fine. I'm I'm down with Kenley. It's fine. Chris Martin, okay, maybe, maybe, but there's two. It's two things. It's paying for certainty and then identifying the right guys. Like this is another part of this, guys, that we have to factor into this whole equation, don't we? Because there's plenty of examples. Let's compare Yoshida and Benintendi. Let's compare Turner and JD Martinez. There's options that they had that right now, as we sit here, look uncomfortable. Anyway, you, go ahead. So piggybacking off of that, if you had confidence in him in, in the offseason, do you have confidence in, in him as an executive right now to be able to take the product that he has and turn it into a playoff team? Because like, well, how do you still 12 games in. There's still, there's still 170 games left. Let's run that narrative. So there is, theoretically, there is time for them to turn it around. Sure. But seeing what we've seen from Heim, like, 
this year? I'm not confident. This year? This, this year? year. No shot? Well, what do you mean? No shot at what? If, if John Henry just decides to descend down from the heavens and tap Heim on the shoulder and say, hey, here, here's a little, here's a little something to spend at the store. Go out and do what you want. Well, you're, are you going to you buy a decides- free agent in May? No, but all right. So what I'm saying is to get reckless with trades. Like if 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 Henry comes down and he says, "Hey, win a World Series or make the World Series, or you're out of here." No, I do you I think he's a, capable of doing that. Never going to happen. Never going to happen. A, as in, like he has an ultimatum, or never going to happen that he's not going to make. No, never. The it's never. This is the one of the other parts about this is that what you know there is a way that they they want to hide blue wants to do things. This has been established. It is the reverse Dave Dombrowski trade. I want five guys back for the one guy instead of the one guy back for the five guys. All right, there's that. And, and so, and then there's there's the just not valuing the guys that you say, this is important. We are going to have to overpay, whether it's in a trade, whether it's free agents in the offseason, whatever it is, we are going to have to get uncomfortable to get the foundational guys. And by the way, like Trevor Story's, he would be an absolute like, perfect. We talked about this the other day, guys, on the radio. Trevor Story, perfect fit, but he's not here. And if, if you're relying so much on Trevor Story and Adam Duvall and not don't have enough built around him to go through a, against a team like Tampa, then you didn't build the team the right way. Yeah, Rob, I, I, got, a, I got a strong take on this. I don't think that they should do much at the trade deadline. If they're close, I still don't think they should do anything at the trade deadline. Ask yourself, why are we in this situation? Why is Bobby Dahlbeck starting at shortstop in the 12th game of the season? Because for years, the Red Sox did not draft well, and now you pay the price. So if you're going to go out there and you're going to start shipping out prospects for a guy that will help you in the short term but may not be here in the long term, get ready to do this song and dance all over again in a few years. That's why we're here. you got to run the course. Bloom has taken the minor league system from a 25th rank to a roughly top 10. That, that, but, but Sammy, that, that car even drives me nuts. Because it's you know what? Because, because yeah. you, we can say like the, he, he, the, the rankings of the, the minor league system is great. But here's the thing. Show me the players that you know are going to be the guys, the foundational guys. The Baltimore Orioles, uh, where you, know, you, you have the Adley Rushmans, and you have you know, the Grayson Rodriguez's. And those sort of guys. Tell, show me the guys that you know are going to be the guys. I would guess that Bayo is going to be one of those guys. Sure. But he's an undersized guy. He would be sort of an aberration to how we view pitchers. But I'm confident seeing that, that he might be a guy. But show me the other guy. This, this, farm, this, this wave of, of talent in the farm system, there's a problem. Other than what we think in Miguel Blaze, a 19-year-old, and what we think in Marcelo Meyer – that we don't know. We have no idea. And they need to find guys who you just know. You know that they're going to be good. So do you agree that Heim should be fired? This is this is not now. I mean, yeah. you got to ride. But you just out. you just you just outlined that he can't do his job as an executive. Yeah, you can't fire. You can't fire the guy. But no, this is this is what we're trying to get into. Like what? Like what actually is Red Sox? Like top brass trying to do right now? We have Sammy. Who's, we have Sammy. Who's on one side? What? I want to hear Gordo's take. Let's. let's, let's oh, okay, go cook real quick, quick, because there was an I, interesting I thing between Sammy and players. Rob there. Okay, so no, first I'll say you can't fire the guy that you hired to slow build this before he even has a chance to get any of his drafted or signed prospects to the big leagues. So let's start with that. But let's let's go back a little bit. I want I want to go back to what like the 2013 year when 
they were building to Xander Bogart and Mookie Betts and Blake Swihart and Jackie Bradley and all those guys. What did they do? They, they went out and signed like Mike Napoli, Shane Victorino, Ryan Dempster, guys like that to three-year deals and basically bridged it. Why in the world, if we're going to look back, let's look back to like 2020, 2021, what did they do? Why, why did they not sign three, four-year bridge guys to bridge us to this next era of like the Tristan Casas, Brian Bayo, and then fast forward a couple of years, Marcelo Meyer, et cetera. Like we signed, they signed like Martin Perez one year, Garrett Richards one year, like Hunter Renfro, we'll, we'll like throw a dart and then we'll trade him for, for a couple of prospects that haven't necessarily, you know, shown us much in the minors yet. Why, where is the bridge? Like we keep calling this a bridge year. I don't, I don't even see a bridge. Like it's, they've got the, they've got a few young guys who they like, but outside of that, like they keep signing like Justin Turner's a one-year guy. He's like in his thirties, a one-year guy, Corey Kluber, one year and an option. Like why, why was it so hard a couple of years ago? Why, why was it so hard to not, to just sign a good quality guy to a, like a set of good quality guys to three, four year deals to actually bridge the gap. Like I, it just I feels like, just, I, I think I know why, because yeah, since roughly around 2004, maybe 2007, they've done the peaks and Valley thing over and over again. And I would wager that a lot of fans like that. And I would wager a lot of fans don't when they do the, Oh, we won the world series. Last place, last place, last place, world series, last place, last place. I, I have a feeling a lot of fans don't like that. So if you want to be a consistent contender, the one and only way to do that is to first build up your minor league system. Look at Houston. You look at the Dodgers. The yeah, Why does well, it's three tough deals to done. You. you know how they won in 2018? Because they did, they did, or 2013. It wasn't because, like, it wasn't because they slow played it like Baltimore. It was because they had the found, like you mentioned, Gordo, 2013, about getting these guys in. The biggest difference that you can't compare that with this. I know that people want to, but you can't because, yeah, you got a bunch of the same sort of players you thought, but you also have David Ortiz and Jacoby Ellsbury and John Lester and Dustin Pedroia and all these guys. And by the way, let's talk about some of those guys. Those are some of those guys who are the guys that they developed. And, and, and then 2018, same thing. Benintendi, Mookie, Xander, all these guys, they developed them. But, but why they it. were doing that, why were they were doing that, Number one, they identified the right guys, and they developed the right guys. They drafted the right guys. They signed the right guys. While they were doing that, they still had the anchors. And this is what I'm talking about. Is that I understand, Sammy, what you're saying about you got to be patient. You got to be patient. You got to let these guys develop. But at the same time, you can you can do both in Boston. You can spend the money. You can be aggressive. You can go get the David Prices and the Chris Sales and the and whoever else you think you need. To, to actually win games and get people in the park while you watch this other guys develop. And that's the piece of the equation that it's just simply not there right now. Yeah, because yeah, right now we're just – we're only playing the long game. Like, we're not – they're not supplementing the major league team with these guys. Because, like, signing a few three-year free agents does not prevent you from developing down below. Like, you can still prioritize that. I'm not saying you're going to – you need to go out there and trade away your best prospects when your team isn't close to winning a title because they shouldn't be doing that. But why, why can't you sign a legitimate shortstop stopgap? You know, why can't you sign life? Carlos Correa? Like, honestly, why can't you sign Carlos Correa? Like, you know he's out there. You know that you say, you know that he's going to be an anchor. 
you know that and then this is the thing that drives me nuts about you know this Otani conversation. You think that they they are ever going to win a bidding war, no matter how much they're saving up up when you have the Mets, the Dodgers, the Padres, the Phillies, and whoever else in the mix for this guy? What if he wants to be nothing this offseason? They're gonna go off in for a I mean Kobe wouldn't even give him a meeting the first time around. He's on calm F right now, guys. He's here. He's, he's, he's right. going out and partying with the BU kids. It's cool. He's yeah. going to be here. Um, yeah, no. There's New balance. New balance. <laughs> I, just saw the, I just saw the movie Air. It's all about the shoes, guys. It's all about the shoes. <laughs> just run it back. I um, Yeah, I'm not even going to entertain the Otani thing. The Dodgers did absolutely nothing this offseason. They're getting ready to make a run at Otani. I think it's pretty obvious. But, Rob, question for you. How important do you think tenure is to have guys who have been around with the same organization for a long time? We have none of those right now. Yeah, and, and again, this is and, and they're very sensitive about that conversation. And I know that you know when we sat down with Heim last year, last September, he he said, "Of course, I understand how important it is to keep these guys and know that they can play in Boston and so forth and so on." But you have to first of all, it's 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 almost comical that we're at the point now where we see these teams. Um, Across the board, now the White Sox are the latest teams that are like rolling out all these extensions. Atlanta rolling out all the extensions. San Diego rolling out all the extensions. Everyone understands this is important, and the Red Sox understand this is important. But isn't it comical that they have no one to give extensions to? Like this is crazy. We have Verdugo. Yeah, Verdugo. Okay, Verdugo. Okay, you know if you want to give an extension, extension for Verdugo. There you go. Yeah, but. But you know, like where where would Verdugo doesn't exactly fit that mold of the guy that you think is going to be okay? You know what? That's the anchor going forward. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as thirty minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Not an anchor. Cool side character for a World Series team. Uh, we just we extend him so we can just have like more trade discussions about him for the next couple of years. That's you love that's it. Really and he, and he loves it. He loves when people talk about trading him. I'm sure he does. There's no who says no without Verdugo. Who says no? Uh, trading Alex Verdugo for Alec Manoa. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. Sorry. I mean, yes. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, Wait for May first. Yes. Come on, man. <laughs> we, had, we had people laughing at at, at the Verdugo for uh, what? God, it was Danny Jansen. Remember that report? Or it was a, a trade suggestion from MLB.com over the offseason. And Sox yeah. and Jays fans just arguing nonstop about how it was a ripoff for the other side. Okay, that's insane. Danny Jansen? Come on, you know, I, know. I, I give Verdugo a ton of credit because he lost weight, he got more athletic, and now he has a potential of being an all-star. And this is where I look like great. this guy had to become an all-star, right? So I listen, if we're this can't be all negative. This let's give let's give this guy some let's give Reese McGuire for hitting five hundred or whatever he's hitting. Yeah, Yay, Reese McGuire. I have a bone to pick with Red Sox Twitter about Reese McGuire. What what Ooh, what the hell is that's a powerful enemy? <laughs> I, guess, I, don't, I don't know if you know what you just things said. A, things a year ago you never thought you'd be saying. <laughs> it's insane. Like he what what he came in did he start uh I don't know. He he got a couple of hits, I think, yesterday, and I said on Twitter, the Sox have a lot of holes, they they have a lot of problems, and I know it's been discussed, but catcher is not one of the problems right now. And, and like all of the responses are are just absolutely trashing this guy. And I think a lot of it is because of, of base the, runner. I think the likely misconception that the base running issues are on him. Yeah. It's I don't not, think they are. Historically, the numbers say historically that he's solid at throwing out base runners. Well, sci- science would suggest that when you don't, when the guy, when Baltimore steals 11 bases and only, only two times you're able to throw down, this is probably not on you. You know? Yeah. But it's like hey, the, odds the, are in the, your favor. These guys, when, uh, when the Long played, like he's thrown out. Last year, he threw out thirty-three percent of base runners over the course of the year, and once he got to Boston, he threw out forty-two percent of the runners. Yeah, so and it's he, insane to me. People think he like forgot how to do it. No, I think a lot of pitchers just kind of forgot how to like sidestep. Yeah, I mean, it, I it's, it's the game is, is there's the no game game's back. So I, I get that. I kind of thought that there would be a lot of base stealing early on. I would say catcher overall is not an issue, but I think. Connor Wong has been less than impressive. Definitely going to give him a lot more time, but um, he does look a little lost 
in a lot of those at-bats. He does that very slow one-handed swing at everything in the dirt. Um, but I don't think catcher, you could call it an issue yet. I'm not over the moon about it, but yeah, no, there's a plenty, plenty more things to worry about. Well, with let this me game. ask you guys and start with you, Coop. What is the one guy, the one guy that you're the, that, you know, that you're most concerned about that maybe you came in and said, Hey, you know, I, I like the cut of this guy's jib. Like who is, who is the one guy that disappoints? I'm not mad so at inverse, you. I'm disappointed uh, in you. Disappointment. I mean, I feel like if I'm going one one in the draft, it has to be Chris Sale. Yeah, uh, which I'm not like, mad, it's Chris. T- I'm disappointed. Yeah, which I don't even want to say I'm disappointed in him because it's just kind of like I, he's like your really old dog, and the dog really can't control any part of its body anymore, and it's just pooping all over the house. It's sick, and it's just kind of like old yeller. It's time to put him down. Like. I, what what we saw Ooh. from him in the Tampa series was really tough to see. Couldn't find the zone. His fastball, even though it was like all the metrics and everything looked pretty good. If you go into baseball savant, he the spin rate was up on a lot of his breaking balls. His the fastball was down, I believe, compared to his year average by like a tick. Um yeah. but just the command isn't there anymore. And it's tough to see someone that you know who is dominant. It's tough to see someone who is very connected to historical moments with this team kind of putter out like this. It's, I would, I, I don't want to say it's comparable to Paul Pierce because he's nowhere near the stature of, of Paul Pierce. But seeing Paul Pierce at the end of his career was not the greatest thing in the world. So it, it's kind of in that realm now. So I'm actually not super worried about sale. I'm a little worried. Everyone should be a little worried, but I'm not freaking out about him. The guy's been a beast for years. He has control issues. The stuff is still there. I would be shocked if he didn't figure out how to control the ball a little bit better. That's never been an issue in his career. It's never been a significant issue, I should say. I, I would not – I'm not super worried about him. You All just right, gotta- so, so who, are, who aren't you mad at, Sammy, but you're disappointed in? Disappointed? Uh, the fans for getting mad at that reporter for asking about that resume question to Kike. He looks very bad at shortstop right now. What's up with that? All Check right, so he's disappointed in Kike. No, I'm not super disappointed in Kike. He was at the World Baseball Classic. I figured it'd be a little bit. <laughs> I just wanted I'm to get that in there. I think it's fair to be disappointed in Kike right now. Who am I disappointed in? Uh, actual, actual answer, Christian Arroyo. I thought he would really take advantage of uh, getting this starting job to start the season. He's he was so been- good in spring training. I mean, yeah, yeah that I mean basically, basically everybody I said was good in spring training has been bad. Like yeah. everybody. That's the majority. Yeah, like I said, Chris Arroyo was gonna. He was by far the best player in spring training. He was really though. That, that's actually my pick. I thought he would really take advantage of this and maybe, maybe even get flipped at the deadline for a starting role. Not because he's not good, but because he's too good to be on the bench. But he just hasn't done that. It's been kind of surprising. That was someone I was pretty confident would, you know, do something positive. But it's been nothing so far. A lot of pop ups. Yeah, pop up. Pop-ups. Uh, there's a lot of pop-ups from both those guys in the middle infield. Gordo, what do you got? Who are you? Who aren't you mad at, but you're just disappointed in? I mean, the answer has to be Kike Hernandez. I, I see a few guys that are underperforming that may be adjusting to either a new role or or a new league. Like we need to see more from Yoshida. We need to see more from Casas, and we need Garrett Whitlock to hit it as a starter. But in terms of just disappointment, I'm disappointed in Kike because, I mean, he talked a big game in the offseason. He was in front of every camera. 
every social media post had Hernandez. He the whole like he brought the social team out to his state or wherever and made a whole video out of it and talked the whole big game and we made the whole thing about the reporter and the resume comments and defense aside because because you're right, Sammy. Like I, I do wish he could have had more opportunities in the spring to work <laughs> that he hasn't played a lot in what the last three or four years, but it's with the bat. Like we, we were, we thought last year and we were told last year that his offense declined because he was hurt. He was playing hurt. He finally got right. And and that that was all going to change this year. And just the bats just haven't looked competitive. It's the defense. I'm willing to, to let him put in the work and let him get used to it. I'm sure there's some nerves there, but the bat, the bat is where I'm the most disappointed because I, I had expectations and I really I just don't see any reason why he shouldn't be hitting better than he is. Do you All think right. he'll Yeah, well, go ahead. Say it again. Do you think he'll pick it up or do you think that he's just not a starting caliber major league baseball player at any position? You know, I, I have hope for a lot of the guys who are underperforming to pick it up. Like I think Costa is gonna is gonna be better. I think Yoshida's gonna be better, I think Whitlock's gonna be better. Kike is the one where I can't point the finger and say with certainty that he's going to get better. Like, I'm sure he's going to be better than it hitting in the 100s, of course. But, like, is he going to show us anything close to what he showed in those in those stretches in 2021? Like, we have, we just haven't seen it. So, I yeah, I don't know, dude. I can't say with certainty that he's going to do that. People quickly forget, before he came to Boston, he was not a starter on the Dodgers. He was mostly a utility guy. And Cora said, I believe in this guy as a starter. And we all, rightfully so, believe in Cora because he's a lot smarter than all of us. But... Mm, the, the key uh, I, I just I would like to just stick him in center field. Go be a good defensive center fielder. If you hit, you hit. There you go. People forget well, he led the charge on a sneaky once, good last year as well. Once the ball's back, though, Rob, what do you do with with if Kike's? If you want to put Kike in center field and just say you, you no, I, I understand that this is the way they constructed the team. And, and by the way, like Duvall isn't a center fielder. That's one another takeaway that, that sort of was hidden in the fact that he became Babe Ruth for the first couple of weeks of the season. He's not a center fielder. It's, there's a huge drop-off, and you can get away with that, I guess. But that wasn't a good left side of the outfield. You, they're fine. They're adequate, I guess. But Kike was so good in center field, and is so good in center field. So, yeah, I mean, there's no easy answer to that. But yeah, I'm just going to go with my answer is Casas because I so desperately want that guy to be a star just because he's interesting. I mean, I just want that guy just to be really, really good. But he's going through – and I asked him about this in spring training when Pedroia was in camp. Hey, did you talk to Pedroia about you going through that first month? Because same deal, right? You get called up for a little time the year before. Now you're expected to be a starter. Pedroia, same thing in 2007, 2007. And he's really, really bad in that first month. Now, he had Alex Cora to carry him, hitting 400 until he figured it out in May. And I, I said, you know, hey, did you talk to Tristan about – I mean, tr- I asked Tristan, did you talk to Pedroia about this? And he's like, no, nah, I don't need to. Well, I mean, you're kind of going through the same thing. You're kind of going match. through the same thing. Did this and, and, so, and so, I, you know, I would like to – I have not given up hope on him, but – and Coop knows this because he's hung with him. Like you know, he's he's just like he's such a unique guy. We need more unique guys who are good. That's it. Yeah, Rob. He the reason I'm not worried about him yet is this was what he did last year in AAA. He was he got bumped up to AAA and people were concerned that he wasn't going to produce. And then he just it just clicked. 
I think he's such a smart hitter that eventually he'll figure it out. He's also had some tough matchups. Everyone has tough matchups early in the season. So I kind of just am in favor of letting him play it out like I am with most of these guys. I don't see this team as a contender. So I'm not super worried, but I do agree. I really want him to be good. The personality is electric. Yeah, I, I think the problem is is that you have guys who the expectations coming out of spring training were way too high. They just were. You know, with Casas, Yoshida, oh, my goodness, perfect. The WBC was the worst thing to happen to him. Everyone <laughs> thought, oh, he's in and clean up behind Otani. He's going to be a star. No, he's not. He's not. And by the way, don't ever say that he grounds out a lot. You'll get raked over the coals on Twitter. How dare you? Well, you guys are probably some of them. So, but 80% ground ball rate. Like, you can't ignore that. So, I actually, along the similar lines of Casas, I saw a reporter in Japan show uh, Yoshida's first 10 games from last year compared to this year. He's actually doing better in the majors this year through 10 games than he was. Yeah, I don't, but I don't think he's a bad player. That's the point. But I think he's- that... All these guys, all these guys are expected to be something, and 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 really counted on being something more than ever. Like, and I use this analogy a bunch of times recently about Yoshida, and I look at JD Drew. JD Drew signs the big deal, and everyone wants him to be this superstar. Well, he's not. He's a good player. He's a good player, but he also had these guys around him who were superstars that allowed him just to be as good as he was going to be. But Yoshida yeah. doesn't have that. He's expected to be the superstar. Anyway, there you go. Lineup protection. People people will throw every statistic at you to say it doesn't matter, which I think is crazy. You need good guys around you to succeed. I'm with you, Rob. I think Yoshida's a good player, a little Verdugo-ish. Um, but it's tough when you're you're the number four hitter in this lineup in Boston in the freezing cold to start the season, and if you've never played Major League Baseball and you just came off the World Baseball Classic, so the expectations, like you alluded to, are through the roof, tough situation for him. And, and if he's going to succeed, he's going to have to wear it. It's going to take Coop. an adjustment. Coop, he has you're, 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 Coop you're, just, you're just shell-shocked with your, your hair flopping over your eyes. No, I'm just I'm taking it all in. I'm. You are right? Yeah. It's, okay. It's just – right. It's the uh, state of the socks. It's yeah. I mean, it, I'm glad. Hey, listen, I, I thank you all for for getting together though tonight. It's good. It's good therapy, I believe, for everybody as we storm oh. into uh, Patriots Day weekend. Like, I think it's going to be awesome that to have these guys. I mean, we always appreciate the Trout and the Yotani and that crew coming in, whether they're good or bad. But still, I mean, it's it's kind of cool. Cooper, you go in the games? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I, know I mean, it's I'm just working some of the. Pre-games for there's just some yeah. guys that you're like oh you know you see him there you go there's trout there's otani there's and you appreciate that these are, and i actually we just did uh the mvp odds again on the baseball is boring with papelbon and we were doing the otani versus the field mvp race and i'm like not only am i taking the field i'm taking mike trout I'm going to take Mike Trout as my MVP. Everyone, Otani's odds are so insanely better than everybody else, or like whatever. He's more of a favorite than everybody else. I'm taking Mike Trout. I think he's going to have a really good year. MVP. Who knew would have ever ML- thought? Mike Trout, good. Do you think the MLB lined up Otani and Trout coming into Boston on Patriots Day on purpose for the 10th anniversary? Opportunity to get Poppy in there. Opportunity to get some of the big name pitchers in there with um, just sure. a nice photo op for MLB. Sure, yes. I don't know. Can I take it back? Yes. yes, and 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 by the way, that, that's the, conspiracy brain at work. 
New, ba- new Balance crew coming in. Um, hey, can I ask you guys about this beer stuff? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, obviously, like, my day has been taken up a lot with this Matt Strom stuff, with this Matt Strom beer controversy. Not controversy, but statement. Um, so, and when he brought it up, like, I, he, he uh, it was sort of like the Verdugo thing with Manoa. Like, he just brings it up. Right, it's like it's not like, hey, what do you think about this? He, it's on his mind. He just brings up, and what I'm talking about, of course, is having a problem with the beer sales being pushed by some teams to the eighth inning instead of the seventh. And he makes the point that it actually should be the sixth. And to me, I'll just say what I feel. Like to me, like it makes almost almost too much sense. I understand. I'm not surprised that teams are doing this, but his his case, I felt like was so solid in the terms of. Of you should be going the other way. You should be going the sixth inning and not the eighth inning. And by the way, by the way, so the statement I got from the Red Sox was we're evaluating things. I'm happen. telling you, I'm telling you, this thing that happened today with Strom, the 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 momentum that people like, I think that the vast majority that is gonna some teams were on the edge of doing this, and they're gonna at least hesitate to do it now. I guarantee you. But go ahead, thoughts. Like. As a big fan of beer, <clears throat> when I saw the topic of the podcast, I kind of gave it like, beer. what's this Jamal going to say about my beers? But then I heard him out and I was like, he's a good guy. He's just looking out for people. I, 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 I kind of like it. He kind of changed my mind. I don't think it's ever going to change because it's all about money. But uh, hey, respect. Uh, he's, uh, he's looking out. Cool. What do you think? Um, I don't think it will ever happen at Fenway. I, I think you would see policymakers you know, like rolling their graves before they let any of their blue laws get touched. Um, that's just <laughs> how puritanical Massachusetts is. Uh, I, it's kind of whiny. I don't know. The pitch clock is here. It, he was a guy last year that kind of ragged on all the new rules and everything. So far, it, despite it being uncomfortable for veteran ball players and guys that have been playing baseball for a while, heck it would bother me if I was playing a men's league and all of a sudden they just wanted to implement a pitch clock. But it's two different um, things. Like you could not agree with him about the, like not wanting the pitch clock, but I'm talking about, well, no, like I'm the, saying he's just whining just to whine. Like I, I like, Bell, I like Strom. I don't think he actually cares that much about whether someone's driving home or not, because he would also be coming out and saying, hey, a restaurant should stop serving you after they serve well, dinner. Okay. Because I, then you need time to really metabolize that alcohol and make sure that you're driving home safe and making sure that you only have at least one drink in your system coming home from your little dinner date. So, so, like, okay. it, so at, the, at the very heart of it, it's him identifying something that can support his argument. And he's just using that as like, I guess like the caveat, like just like the the vehicle to get his point across. All right, so like I don't so, think he actually cares if I slam into a like a light post because I decided to sneak a few nips in like in the eighth inning at Fenway Park up in the bleachers. You want to right. care so, about you specifically? Point, point of order. Uh, I, I like you personally, and I appreciate your take. But the people who have those arguments about I'm going to be drinking because I'm sneaking in nips in the ninth inning, or I'm going to go to the sports bar right after, whatever, you're missing the point. The point is, is that the owners are being hypocrites. With why was why was this rule about yeah, the seventh inning put in? Baby. Hold on, hold on. Why was the rule put in about the seventh inning? Why? 
to avoid liability. Right. Exactly. Right. To say, say, hey, we 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 are saying to everybody that we are stopping beer sales in the seventh inning because we don't want you driving home drunk, even though, like we said, you can there's plenty of other ways to find ways to drink. That's the point is the owners and the teams were saying this is why we are doing this. So now they're being hypocritical because they're saying then we don't care about that because obviously if you're if you're going to sell beer in the eighth inning, just do it till the end of the game. Like just do it to the end of the game because if you really care, like the, like you said you did in implementing those rules in the seventh inning, then you would push it back to the sixth. And that's what I think he was saying. They're being hypocritical. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, agree. Dan Snyder just right. sold his team, and he had jeans Monday. Like. Billionaires aren't the best people in the world. I th- I think we can all wrap our heads around that and that they're just going to do whatever they want for the quickest buck. Maybe he's not wrong on that. Except but, except for John Henry, the winningest owner in Red Sox history. Thank you very he much. would do no wrong. He mm. would do absolutely he wants, no wrong. He wants beer sales stop in a third. Yeah. Just enjoy the great game of it, baseball. That's, that's not wrong. You, Coop. John Henry wants you to be safe. He that's why he's stopping beer sales. In you the- know what? 21st Amendment. Amendment. Run it back. Run it back. We're banning it. Ban alcohol. Florida, what do you think? Charge. Well, Strom last wasn't he commenting on Instagram last year about the uh, they added fifteen seconds to the commercial breaks. So he's like, you're trying to shorten the game. But yeah, I think, again, I think you're all missing the point. He's, no, I'm I not. don't think we are. Hold on. Well, that's he's, your prerogative to be wrong. He's right. <laughs> all of these points, he like he's actually right. But it's just. The only reason he's bringing it up is because he hates the pitch clock. Yeah, that's where it all goes back to. Well, but but maybe. But the fact is, is that he's he's not wrong about the, the hypocritical nature of why you, why that rule is in place. Like all the other stuff, like you can talk about him hating the reason he he surfaced it. Whatever it is, fine. I, I get all of that. But still, the fact of the matter is, is that he's right about you. The this is a hypocritical thing. And and it's it's black and white. That's what it is. It's science. It is it is fact that this is a hypocritical thing. Yeah, the declaration. I mean, like the Constitution was hypocritical with slavery still around. Like that. We, what are we living? Like these are just we're playing. Wow, that gets, that, that sounded like blue in a hurry. If 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 any of you are correct, that leaves us with two options: either Matt Strom's a great guy and he's really looking out for everyone, or he's a scumbag. And he just cares about himself and the rules. Let's put up a poll. (laughs) Now now we are two polarizing Matt Stroms, and only one of them is real because we've pushed him so far in both directions. I mean, does Matt get upset when they start like pumping like tops stuff, like how they like control the market with like cards? Because that's just that that's tops just playing with you have what the they want most bizarre money. analogies in this argument i'm trying I love to make connections to like show that like yeah we're all just playing semantics here <laughs> watch it watch slavery and tops that's yeah, why you're bringing like, it that's my I, I was about to say that's my bread and butter but it's not <laughs> slavery is just a bad thing history is my bread and butter <laughs> well all right well we got to we we solved a lot of the world's problems all right anything else you guys got before we move on is we're turning the page beer into the ninth Beer, uh, beer, 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 here it is. Beer into the ninth and better players. How about do that? Do they win Patriots Day? Let That's me, all. Well, are no. they even going to play? They're going to rain. Oh, they might get it in. They might squeak it in. What player? What before we go? 2013 team comes back. What player 
do you randomly want to see the most? Okajima. Not 2013. Oh, um, shoot. No, I'm thinking Koji. Tazawa. Tazawa. Oh, that would be a solid. I think Koji, though. Koji, Koji, light up a room. Him and Poppy, giving a nice hug. Come on. Um, High five. Yeah. Here you Franklin right. Morales is my favorite pickoff move ever. Who? Who? Franklin Morales has the best oh. move ever. It's my favorite. All right. That's two good ones. Gore, what do you got? Because I got one. I got one that's going to blow you all away. Okay, I'm ex- I'm excited to hear yours. Oh God, I kind of want two, but I go oh, two. You got two? two, two. The random stud of that team, Mike Carp, needs yeah. to be there. Yeah, <laughs> great one. That's a great one. Yeah, but then the one I really want, I want to be there, and I hope he is, is Junichi Tazawa because he had one of the greatest walk-in songs of any Red Sox pitcher ever, and I can sing the chorus if they play it. You guys play it. I can sing the chorus. In Japanese, I can sing it. Mogera no Uta. Yeah, that song. Can we play that? Can we play that in like an outro or something? You're getting me excited for this weekend. It's going to be good. Um, so mine yeah. is, you're going to totally forget this guy was on the team. I'll give you a hint. He has more World Series rings than Strikes Thrown in 2013. Oh, my God. The guy who walked in the winning run, Right. What was his name? Came came from Detroit. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm not even close on the name. Brian, Brian Villarreal. Yes. Oh Bri- yes. Brian Villarreal yes. got in one game, threw four pitches, all balls, walked in the winning run in San Francisco. Didn't talk to the media and was never heard from again. <laughs> what a life! Real village. I love it. <laughs> uh, please be there, Brian Villarreal. Please. All right. Any update from John Farrell? Is he going to be there? I bet he will be. He'll get off his lobster boat for it. Yeah, he yeah. will. He came. He was there for um, what was it? What was he there for last year? He came back. Yeah, he was back he was last year. What? What was the anniversary last year? Huge. I, Tito was there though. Francona was there. Wait, was he there for like an? So it was a Cleveland series or something. Yeah, I that forget what it was, year. but he was he was there. He was actually so he was. I know that I've told Coop this. I think the a uh, uh, couple months ago he was in back of the line in the Starbucks, Beverly Starbucks, with me. What? Yeah, he he was a uh, yeah. So he's he's just he's he's living in Gloucester, works at a lobster, runs a Does lobster. He walk boat. around the full yellow coat. I really hope that he that's just full identity. Like he just walks around the <laughs> yellow like fisherman. Not like the like the murderer from I know what you did last summer. Like <laughs> <laughs> you know. Just no, but it's a uh, good good guy and uh, just living the life of a lobsterman, aren't we all? So there so you cool. go. I That's love that story. All right, guys. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 